Welcome to another edition of The Word with Jeff and Robin Pruitt. We are so glad you're here today, and uh, we believe it's going to be a great, great day. Uh, last week, we talked about the joy of the Lord. We're talking about joy. Right. And then we started talking about, you know, what do we, what do we want to, we feel the Lord is talking to us today or this week about uh, for the podcast. And I was thinking, the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. We talked about joy, which is the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, so we thought, we'd, matter of fact, do you know all the fruits of the Spirit? Oh, don't test me. Go for it. Try. No, don't, Try. don't even test me because then I will tell about the bloopers that just happened right before we started. <laughs> don't do that. So. I can tell you them all. Ready? Okay, go. Genesis oh, 5.22. <laughs> Here we go. go Genesis 5.22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So all this that we're talking about right now is the fruits of the Spirit, joy. Last week we talked about tonight, today, rather, we were talking about love. And that's a fruit or it is a proof that we um, that we have the Spirit and that we're walking in the Spirit. Because I think you can have the Spirit right. and not actually walk in the Spirit. Because right. walking in the Spirit, uh, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's about faith. And so by faith, you do what God asks you. You're, you're willing and obedient. Right. And then you start to see the fruits of the Spirit. And that fruit being love is another one of those powerful, um, um, how do I, it is an emotion, but it's more than that. It is, a, it is a, it's like an anointing. Right. That God gives us that that flows through us to help us in life, no matter what's going right. on. And we demean the word love. Yeah, you know, because we do things like you know, oh, I just you know, I, I love this drink, I love that movie, I love this food, and we use love so much that we we don't understand the power of that, you know, of, of and the meaning of love. I was reading one time. I was reading this article about this girl. She was eighteen years old. And um, she lets her, her, uh, her, her boyfriend of 24 hours, they mm. were on their first date. He was a tattoo artist. And he, uh, she let him tattoo his name on her face. And then above the eyebrow, above her eyebrow, he tattooed the phrase, all for love. They were on their first date. She was 18 years old. And it was all for love. Didn't have... A clue. I have tattoos on my body. You have a listen. You have a tattoo <laughs> of an old girlfriend well, name, and then no. you um, transformed it to say something else, so that you know. Well, I it covered was, it up because I met you. Yeah, and then and so I got I got. Which, by the way, this year is going to be thirty six years. I see no tattoo with my name, and I'll do anywhere. it as soon as I figure out how good this is going to last. <laughs> We've been together, uh, what, 39, I'll, yeah, almost 40 years. Yeah, so. you, you hit that 40 mark and we'll talk about it. We'll talk, we'll see. I'm so close. I was about to say, I've got tattoos in my body and I have not even committed your name to my body yet. So probably one of those things I could do. That's right. But just, I mean, I haven't committed Jesus' name yet either on my body, oh, but I, my, I'm his forever. First. So <laughs> <laughs> every one of us as believers um, um, have this, the seeds of the fruit of the Spirit on the inside of us. We all have that potential of joy, of love, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, all that. We really do, but it may not be manifesting right now. But the good news is there's a seed there. It may be dormant. The Bible says in Genesis 1, verse 11, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit of the tree. So the seed is is the potential of a tree 
but the potential of the tree is the fruit, right? And so uh, that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and so it was so. Um, it's it's just giving us a record in the in the scriptures. To let us know that every seed, you're a seed, I'm a seed, uh, in the word in, in the world. Um, there's another seed in there of the Spirit of God that's inside of us, the potentiality of, of, of the right things, the spiritual things, the things that keeps us walking in the Spirit. Now, I want us to look at the New Testament profile in the Gospel of John chapter 15, verse 5. You can jump in anytime you want to. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Jesus is saying this. He who abides in me, abides, you know, lives, takes up residence in, mm -hmm. and I in him bears much fruit, for without me, you can do nothing. Jesus makes it very clear that he is the central life force of our life, and he's the vine. And inside the vine carries the life to the branches, which produces the fruit. And so we need one another. We need branches cannot bear fruit alone. Right. It would just They would just wither and die. It has to stay connected to the vine. So the life force is Jesus in the spiritual realm, and then we, the branches, are produced the fruit. And I always say this, I, I said on Sunday, that a fruitless life is a frustrated life. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to bear fruit, talking about the, the fruit of the Spirit. Um, Jesus is the vine, and I believe that we can say that it's love that flows inside the branches and provides nourishment to produce the other eight fruits in our life. So I, I look at love as being the most vital. The Bible says that you can have all these things. You can, you can, you can prophesy. You can tell the future. You can, you can lay hands upon the sick. You can do all these things. But if you have not love, you, you've got nothing, right? right? So love is the life force. Jesus is love. God is love. We'll get to that in a little bit. But agape love is the kind of love he's talking about. So it's like you said a moment ago. It's not phileo love, which is um, fleshly love. I love this coffee. I love my computer. Um, I even love my spouse. Um, I love um, um, whatever tacos. I know you have a you have a sweatshirt that says I love tacos. I mean, but that is that is phileo or um, what's the other one? Is um, um, that's that's brotherly love, right? And then the the agape love is unconditional love. God doesn't love us out of emotion. Thank you, Jesus. He loves us because that's his nature. He is love. And so when you don't have a revelation of the love of God, and we know this to be true, then when condemnation comes upon you, and it will, because you'll always feel like you're not, you don't, you just, your life doesn't add up. You're just not good enough to be able to have the, that unconditional love from, from God, maybe because of a, a father or a mother that did you wrong, somebody in authority. And so you always feel like you got to do something to be in, in God's better grace. Um, if you walk in condemnation, that's going to be very difficult for you to hear the voice of God. Right. I've noticed that, that when I'm in a place of, of condemnation, it's hard for me to hear from the Lord. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? Um, if We have to understand that... Um, that love is the most important thing that really that gets us up in the morning. Right. If, if when we understand the true love of God, I can't imagine going through this life, waking up every day, and not um, not understanding that love. I mean, people do it every single day, mm -hmm. and they get up because God still loves them. Right. 
But what kind of life could they have if they let that power of that love flow through them? You know, it's like, you know, I, I stopped and got, you know, some caffeine before coming in to do this, this podcast. Mm-hmm. And there is a way to decaffeinate coffee beans. You know, there's a process Mm -hmm. and they use a chemical and then they soak the coffee in this chemical that washes away the caffeine. Then they take it out and then they put moisture back into the bean without that caffeine. So you can drink it without the buzz, which I don't understand why people would even consider doing that. But what's happening is, is that what we tend to do is we tend to go through that washing away process and we wash away the power that is with the, that that is encapsulated in the love of God, and you know how can how can we show God's love to others if we don't grasp how much that He loves us? And when we are dumbing that down, when we are decaffeinating, you know the true love of God, um, we're just we're living a, a powerless life instead of a powerful life. Well, I, I know for for me personally, when I came back to the Lord, I was so hardcore about Jesus and really wanting to know the word and and having a great relationship with him and 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 really wanting to deal with my sin. I did not have a revelation that my sin had already been dealt with. Right. When I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I didn't I, I didn't know. Um I knew I was forgiven, but I still felt like uh, that I had to do something to show him how sincere I was about the fact that he went to the cross for me. He paid the price for me. And you'll remember these days, but um, and I would go home and I would um, go into the basement where he had a little desk down there and stuff, and I'd spend some time with the Lord. And um, and I, I just remember um, being in his presence so many times and then coming right out of his presence because I start going through the process in my mind of the things I didn't do right that day, the thoughts I had, the um, my anger, um whatever the case may be, whatever sin I was, that I thought was, was that needed to be dealt with. And so I was one of those Christians that would pray uh, before I would even get into God's presence. I would go through the checklist of all my sins first, forgive me this, forgive me that, forgive me. And then one day I realized this is futile. I mean, every day I'm sinning. I mean, I can't get ahead of it. And, and I started feeling, feeling like I, um, I wasn't worthy. I wasn't worthy of God. I was a bad Christian. I was a just a bad person, and um, and so um, I would I would put myself what I would call in timeout or at that time I, I considered the like a jail cell of condemnation, and 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 it was by my own doing. And I remember I don't remember how it all happened. I just remember the Spirit of God dealing with me, and saying, "Son, I don't. I'm not putting you there. I don't have you in timeout." This is not what I want for you. This is something that you're doing to yourself, and you need to realize I love you. I knew before you got up today all the mistakes you're going to make, the sin you're going to commit, and I've already made sure to, to you that I've given you a commitment that's forever. Your salvation, son, is sealed, and I love you no matter what. Even if you spit in my face, I love you. I wouldn't recommend doing that. I wouldn't recommend even walking away from God at all. But I'm just saying that he's already made a decision about how much he cares for it, loves for us. And so that's a revelation. I remember one time um, a pastor, a friend of mine, said, you got to read this book, and it was about the grace of God. And this was about 15 years ago when Grace Message was really getting strong. And and um, and people were buying these books left and right and, and getting this revelation about grace. And, and he said, it's just it saved my life, and you need to read it. I'm like, I don't need to read it. 
I don't need to, I had an encounter with God. He spoke to me. He loves me. I know his grace abounds. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And so he's already covered me for today. I realized, he said, well, I, he said, you know, I realized, he said, I was, I was doing all these things to get God's attention. I was working hard in the ministry just to get God's approval. And I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not working hard to get God's approval. I already have his approval. I work, I work hard because he expects it of me. He wants me to do these things, right. but not because if I do this, then God will really love me. He'll really favor me. Does that make when sense? You go, when, you, when you go with that kind of a mindset, then what happens is, is that when you do wrong, then you get your mind will immediately click into that place of, he doesn't love me. Well, yeah. Now, because I did this. Right. And then you keep going back and forth. And then, oh, well, you know, I did good, so he loves me. And, you know, it's like when you're a kid... You know, and you would take the little flowers and you would take the petals and you'd pull it out and you'd go, you know, he loves me, he loves me, love he, loves me not, right. he loves me. And, you know, and the whole goal was to finish that flower on he loves me. And if you finished on he loves me not, I, I don't know about you, but I would just grab another flower and just like, oh, we're going to continue flower number two. <laughs> you snapped the, the stem in half. Did you? Yeah. So if he loves me not, or she, it would be even yeah. Right. If she, she loves me not was the last petal. Then you go and you snap the stem and you go, she loves me. <laughs> Always make it work. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Well, yeah. So we, we but yeah. but what happened? But yeah. So we take that with God. We do the same thing. Well, I did this, so He loves me, and yeah. I did that, so He loves me not. And what a terrible roller coaster! Because you get to that place where you don't know if He, if God loves you or not. Right. And that is that is such a lie and such a plan of the enemy. Amen. Well, you know, again, it goes back to this whole idea of the the, the potential that seed is lay, laying dormant a lot of times on the inside of us. It just takes a revelation. Yeah. And I, I I gave this verse on Sunday actually. Psalms ninety two thirteen says that those who are planted in the house of the Lord Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. So there's something about getting that revelation, getting planted, and saying I'm I, I'm in a firm foundation, or I'm in this soil. My roots are growing deep, and I I know who God is, and I know who He is to me. I'm not perfect. I don't know everything about Him, but I certainly know that He cares. I know that He loves me. The first revelation you need to receive is the fact that God loves you. Period. He's already made up His mind about you. It doesn't mean He won't correct you. In fact, honey. The Bible says he chastises those he loves. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times correction comes even more to us uh, as children of God because he loves us. Right. You love your children, you correct them. Why? So they grow up to be good human beings, good citizens. Well, 1 John 4, 8 says, he who does what, not... By the way, knowing what's right and wrong, but go e ahead. Exactly. Mm -hmm. He said, um, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. That's who he right. is. I mean, you cannot separate God and love because it's who he is. Mm -hmm. That is his DNA. You can't separate that DNA out of him. And so that revelation that comes, you know, um, I was going to bring this up, you know, later, but I, I really feel like I just need Go to ahead. do it now. And, and that is, um, you know, it, <laughs> For many years, and 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 it's it's terrible to say, but maybe somebody that's watching is going to relate to this. I used to have an image of God that he always had his arms crossed and his back to me, and 
he would talk to me, but he would talk to me looking over his shoulder at me. So it was this kind of a thing. And I could say, God is love. God loves me. God loves everybody. But I didn't have this revelation. I didn't have a view of God as God is love and that it is an intimate love and it's a one-on-one kind of love. Because I always felt like I was just never doing something good enough and I wasn't doing it right and everybody else was doing it better than me. So therefore, he was always like, come on, girl, what is your problem? What's your issue? Get it together. And that's how he sounded in my head. That's how I viewed him. And it wasn't until the Lord just really kind of helped me retrain that imagination, that sight of him. And imagination is of God. And so we do it all the time. If I had that image of God already, so I needed to retrain and redirect that image. And it wasn't until... I was like, God, I'm going to picture you facing me. I'm going to picture you just with a smile on your face, looking at me one-on-one, face-to-face as my heavenly father. And I'm going to do it by faith because for so many years, it was the opposite way. And I remember just sitting and just with my eyes closed and just picturing God just loving me and God just wanting to be with me and God just wanting to just, you know, be one-on-one with me. And it took me a while, but I'm telling you what, when I did, everything changed. Everything began to click. And Sunday, honey, we were in praise, we were just having praise and worship and it was a worship song and I had my eyes closed and Instantly, I pictured the Lord just forehead to forehead, nose to nose with me, and his eyes closed, and him just, as much as I at that moment was just loving on him, he was doing the same to me. And it was just, it was a brief second. It was just a quick picture of it, but it has stuck with me 24-7 since Sunday. And I want to encourage you, and we're going to go into, you got a lot of great notes, I know, because I, I I looked at some of them, so I'm going to let you talk. But I just want to help somebody right now, you're just watching, and you know up here that he loves you, but you don't know here that he loves you. And I want you, even while we're speaking, listen to us with your eyes closed and listen with just ears of the Spirit and just picture Jesus just loving you. Just picture him one-on-one with you. Picture him sitting on the couch next to you, just so excited to be right by you. Picture him, you know, as you're, you know, maybe you're listening as you're in the kitchen cooking and the Lord's just sitting on the counter, just watching you do your thing. It, it, it will change in the way you picture God because it's going to be so intimate. And when you have that intimate love relationship with him, everything changes. Amen. Amen. Yeah, good night. Oh, I said- <laughs> that was perfect. That yeah. was great. That well, was- you know, let me, let me, I'm going to just say this. I'm going to give it to you and You've I'm not going to talk it. the rest of the Go time. Ahead. But, um, honey, I love you. <laughs> it just, 
it, it, God's love is more than you could ever imagine. Okay, yeah. So you could just begin to start imagining him just loving on you. Ephesians 3, 17 through 19 says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Corey Ten Boom, and I talked about her before, and you know, you gotta just look up her life story. It's amazing that she survived the Nazi concentration camps during World War II and the horrific things that happened to her during that time. And her sister was there. Her sister actually died in the concentration camps. But her sister made this statement when she was there. She said this: she said, There is no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. That's the revelation of God's love. That no matter how deep you go, God is still deeper. And he's there to lift you up and to love on you and to just say, you're not, you haven't gone so far away that you can't be loved. You can't be saved. You haven't gone so deep into that thing, that situation. Or maybe it's just a thing. Your mind hasn't gone so deep away from understanding the love of God that God's not already there deeper still that he just says, I want to just lift you up out of this pit. And I want to get you to where I want you to be and where I created you to be. Amen. I mean, that's that's the revelation that we're, we're that we're, we're talking about is the fact that no matter what. And by the way, toward, toward Tim Tim Boone had every reason to hate. Oh. And we're talking about the love of God. When you when you begin to find how much God loves you, guess what happens? It becomes so much easier for you to begin to love other people. Right. I'm not a natural lover of people, but I have found that I I I love people. I just do. At the end of the day, I love him because I know how much he loved me, how much he's put up with me and my stuff and what I've done. And and because of that, it makes it so much easier to, to deal with God's people or to deal with people in general. And um, I, I love this scripture um, because the Bible says that, that, that love is the more excellent way. Philippians chapter 1, verse 9, especially when it comes to dealing with people, the love of God. Um, and this, I pray, Paul said, he said that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. And I have found that to be so true, um, in our, in our, our lives with God, because you need to examine how you deal with people, because if it's not with this fruit of the Spirit called love, the love of God, um, you're not walking in the Spirit. You're not really doing for people. You're not doing good for them, whether it be your family member or co-worker or whatever. Someone said, well, this is my personality style just doesn't allow for that. I'm a, I'm Italian or I'm Hispanic or I'm this or that or whatever, and therefore, you know, we fight, and that's what we just do, and, you know, you just got to put up with me. That's just my personality. I'm just trying to be myself. You know, you do you, I'll do me. That's not, that's not Christ-like. Christ didn't come and say, I'll, I'll do me, you do you. He's, he says, I'm here to love you. I came here to, to seek and to save that which was lost. That's love. I'm going to go to the cross. That's love. These are all proof of his love to us. He demonstrates that love to us toward other people. Uh, Ephesians 3.16, Paul prayed for the Ephesians that the Holy Spirit would indwell in their not just their bodies, but their personalities. 
He said that he, God, would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his, through his spirit in the inner man. What's the inner man? Your personality. So you can't just say, well, I'm Hispanic or I'm Italian or I'm black or I'm this or I'm that. You can't do that. We're to be Christ-like. All of us should be able to get, get, get along together because we have the love of God on the inside of us. Um, I think I think a lot of times our personality needs to be healed. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, <laughs> I definitely. Think, I think we got so much stuff we've walked through in our childhoods and just in life as an adult, and you go through things that can taint your your um, look and view towards other people. Right. You need the love of God to just wash through you. Yeah. Um, yeah. We treat people, the, you know, certain ways because that's how, you know, we've been treated and, you know, we respond to things because, you know, that's just our life experience. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, uh, all these things that the baggage that we carry with us, and that we've got to allow the word of God, the love of God, to just do a deep cleansing. You know, right. we talk, people talk about, you know, I'm going to go on this, you know, seven day cleanse and, you know, I'm going to yeah. drink this and do that. And that's, that's all fine and well. But maybe we need to just schedule that we're going to just do some, you know, cleansing uh, and allowing the word of God. And maybe that's just, we're going to spend the next 30 days on just um, reading the Word of God that just talks about love. You know, love or, or, or terms like love is mentioned over 600 times in the Bible. You can go through and just begin to read in those areas about the love of God, the love of God, the love of God, to where it just begins to do a cleansing in your mind, a cleansing with your emotions. Um, it, it cleanses that, um, you know, uh, where you can begin to say, God, change my character. You know, I, I've been this way for a long time and I don't want to be this way anymore. And because it's affecting not only my life, it's affecting people mm-hmm. that are around me. And we are called, you know, the word of God says, in fact, let me find, let me find it on here. It says, um, Matthew 26, 36, it says, teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus answered him, love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. I love this translation. And it says, this is the great and supreme commandment. But it goes on to say, and the second is like it in importance. You must love your friend in the same way you love yourself. Well, that that, that verse there, that end of that verse is so important because we need to learn how to love ourselves. Boy, and true? you can only learn to love yourself when you've got the love of God on the inside. And loving of you. yourself, to, by the way, it was Matthew twenty-two, not twenty-six. Oh, uh, 22, twenty-two, yeah, thirty-six. And yeah, 39. just so people if they're following along. Um, but loving yourself doesn't mean putting yourself number one. No, no. You know what I mean? I think that when we say you got to love yourself, well, the world says that too, but they mean you got to put yourself first. That's not what it means to love yourself. To love, your, to love yourself is as, as God loves you. It's to accept the fact that there are things in your life that are not the best, that, that you don't have to put yourself to a place of perfectionism. 
right. that you are perfect in everything that you're doing, but you, re- you, you understand that I'm, I'm being perfected, but I'm not perfect. You know, love isn't, you know, we think, like you said, love ourselves is because now I'm, I'm perfect in this and everything is going right. Now I can love myself. They actually did a study. Dove, Dove did a, I, no, I don't think it was with Dove. It was something that they did a study. What they did was they took an artist and they put this artist in a separate room. Okay. And then they took two women um, on this other side. And what they were supposed to do was, the one woman over here was go- was supposed to describe to the artist in another room the woman next to her. And as she began to describe her, the artist would paint what she was describing. Mm-hmm. And then the artist said, now I need you to describe yourself. So the woman began to describe herself. Well, as you can probably know, that when the artist got done and he showed the pictures, the one where did she describe somebody else was a beautiful woman. The artist painted this gorgeous you know, um, painting, but the one where she described herself was very ugly. It was very, a lot of flaws. It was a lot of all this, this stuff. And the thing is, is that, you know, we all have flaws, you know, it is easy to describe somebody else, but when it comes to describing ourselves, we're going to tell you all of our flaws, all of, you know, this is wrong and that is wrong. But when you have that love of God on the inside of, uh, inside of you, and when you understand God created you, he took the time to fashion you. He didn't see, you know, he didn't just he, slap it together. He didn't make a mistake. He didn't make a mistake. He, you have room for improvement, but he, he did not make a mistake of who you are. And, honey, since you mentioned two women in a room, God did not make a mistake in your gender either. He loves you That's right. the way that you are. And we say love yourself. Sometimes we don't feel comfortable in our own skin. Sometimes the devil whispers in your ear, you should really, really what you are is this. And really what you are is that. Especially today because now it's an accepted thing. What a demonic thing to say that God made a mistake with you. He didn't make a mistake. You may have some things to work out. You may not always feel comfortable. Um, And we love everybody, don't we? We love everybody. We don't don't, uh, love one over the other. Um, But we we will tell the truth. There are two two genders. Genders. And and what what's interesting is is that I, I was joking. So if you don't know what you are, look in the mirror. It'll, it'll, it'll tell you what you are. Right? You are either male or female, and that's like not only according to science. That's according to the Word of God as well. So science and the Word come together as one. But um, men and women think differently. Like, and that's okay. That's a hundred percent okay. Like this, she's a woman. Trust me when I say she thinks different. And I, I feel like I'm by myself here. Is that true or not? No, that's that's definitely true. Men and women don't think alike. No, you know, and and and, but that's the beauty of it mm-hmm. because God had placed on the earth two different genders, but when they come together, you see they become one. Right. And now she's able to think in a way that I don't think. Um, where. Uh, uh, um, um, a man wants to get to like the bottom line, you know, just tell me what I need to hear. I found out with my wife, and this is true uh, doing ministry for over 30 years and dealing with women as a man, women don't necessarily want you to fix the problem. Because if you got a problem, like, tell me what it is so I can fix it. I'm just get to the bottom line. And she just wants to talk. She just needs to talk. God made her to be able to work through her ish, her issues by talking it out. Men, we don't do that. What's the problem? Get a screwdriver. Get a hammer. Make it fit. You know, that's how men, that's how we think. But women don't necessarily think that way. So there are differences, and that's, that's absolutely fine. That's right. And so I guess I'm, I'm saying all that because it still comes down to love. 
mm-hmm. loving yourself, not having a, a a a person that was born a male, and then uh, saying no, I'm not, I'm a female, and then swimming in a, in, a, in a race, and then and then everybody's shocked that he wins the race. Well, no, he's made differently. He's got bigger muscles. Bigger muscles are going to make you stronger, right? right. So. There's nothing wrong with that to, to say that. So somewhere this person hates the fact that they're a male and they want to be something that they never were created to be. And I guess that, that follows that, that is, I think the outward manifestation, what happens many times on the inside of all of us that we don't like something about ourselves. So therefore we don't add up. We're not good enough. No. When you understand the love of God, God accepts me the way that I am. And therefore, I love myself and accept me the way that I am as well. You're looking for, the world's looking for individuality right now, right? Mm-hmm. They're always, that's true individuality. God made me the way that I am. But to, to be Christ-like means there's room for improvement. I'm always constantly improving to be more like him. My identity isn't me my identity is in him. I find my true purpose and my true meaning for life in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the purpose of the Father um, on the earth. So I, I just want to throw that in there. That's good. That I mean, that could be another another whole thing that you know that we could we could talk about. But, but I think I, it comes right into this whole love message. It is. You know what I mean? It is because when you always feel flawed, when you always feel like you're a mistake, when you always feel that God has turned His back on you. Um, then you are going to be, you know, um, it, you know, a, a kicking ball for the enemy yeah. that's going to just come and just kick you in any direction that he wants to kick right. you in because you don't understand who you are. You don't understand the love of God. You don't understand the protection Amen. of God, the security of God. You know, uh, the, uh, that's part of, in fact, I think I've got one of the scriptures on here. Romans 8, 38 and 39, it says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is security. That is when you get up in the morning and you, you know, gas prices go up again and, you know, uh, you know, shelves are empty or, you know, somebody said something horrible to you. It's raining out. You know, your car doesn't want to start. All these different things that come that make us go, God, I thought you'd love me. Lord, I, you know, I've been praying for a great day and then all this stuff happens. And like I said, we get into that natural way of thinking at times and then we just go, well, something's wrong. God doesn't care. He doesn't know. When you understand that depth of his love, when you understand that nothing can separate us from the love of God. You can get up in the morning and go, gas prices went up again. Well, God, you love me. I'm your kid. You adopted me. You said that I'm going to be yours forever. It's an everlasting love. God, Mm. your love cannot separate from me. So Lord, I know you're going to take care of me because... I'm your kid. That's right. And, you know, bad days happen or, you know, you just don't, you know, you get up on the wrong side of the bed or whatever. Go back to the foundation of God, the foundation of who you are. And that is God loves me. And when God loves me, that covers everything in life. And not only that, baby, just to, to add to that is I'm a faith preacher. So are you. We're both faith preachers. And... But I'll tell you right now that if you don't, all the faith in the world, if you don't have love, 
it will not produce the results you want. In fact, the Bible says that if you don't, if if you have um, strife with your husband or your wife, it says actually the husbands, if you have strife with your wife, get it right because it can hinder your prayers. That's right. Right. Amen. I, well, that's why I was trying to get it right. Praise God. I, I, we, we we're pretty good about you that. Do. You do. We're good. pretty good about that. We do fight. We will be honest. We do fight quite a bit. We always have. We probably shouldn't be doing that. Uh, we're 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 like the, uh, the the show on SNL, the Bickerings or something like that. We like the, the Bickersons, bick, the Bickersons or? or something like that. And and so we bicker a lot. But at the end of the day, we do want to be on the same page. We 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 do want to walk in unity. If we fight before church service, and that's not happened once, that's happened quite a few times. We, I don't want to preach up there and have that over my head. I'll pull and say, "Hey, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have maybe said that or whatever," and or vice versa. But, but it says that if we, we, unless you honor or love your wife, it can hinder your prayers mm-hmm. uh, before the Lord. In fact, um, I was just looking at some of the couple things here. Um, love requires a willingness to humble yourself. Right. Right. And the Bible says love is not haughty or puffed up. Mm-hmm. And do you know what that puffed up means? It means to be angry, to be full of hot air, refusing to give in, unwilling to humble yourself. That was what it means to be puffed up. So love is not haughty and it's not puffed up. The Bible says that love does not expose faults. So you're not quick to be someone who's always exposing other people you know one of the things and I don't, we don't have a lot of time but i want you to i want you to listen to me for a second because <clears throat> you're on the internet right now and you're listening to us and we thank you for watching us you didn't have to do that we we we, we want you to be blessed but not everybody that's on the internet whether it be facebook or social media or whatever or website um is of the lord and um, and I'm not saying that maybe they weren't at one time, but sometimes people get so filled with bitterness and anger and contempt and and um, and hate that they negate the number one thing God requires of His people, and that's to walk in love. And if you don't see Him walking in love, what's the fruit? There is no fruit. Right. Therefore, you're not walking in the Spirit. So they find themselves being fault finders. They're the ones trolling everybody else and saying how wrong they are, but they have the answers. Oh my goodness. That's the number one thing you as a Christian need to look and go, I'm staying 150 feet away from that person because pride goes before the fall. And I'm here to tell you um, that I've been doing this for all these years. People that get haughty, and prideful and puffed up and don't walk in love. How do you know they don't walk in love? Well, what happens is they end up finding fault with somebody. Let's say it's in the body of Christ or some preacher or teacher, whatever. And now they're blasting them because they've got the truth, but they're not doing it in love. They're not walking in the spirit. And therefore what happens is it it shows how, how they're actually more they're prideful and puffed up and God's not in it. Well, what if they're saying is the truth? It doesn't matter what the truth is because if it's not love, it's not of God. So what I would do if I were them, and I'm not them because I try to keep away from that kind of nonsense. But if, if I were the one saying, I got truth and no one's actually listening to me right now and I want to expose the, the, the situation, then what I do is I offer how to get out of that. So in other words, 
I would say this person is doing such and such or whatever, maybe not name their name, but saying, I saw this, I really agree with my spirit. But I would suggest they do these 10 things. And if they do these 10 things, they can turn their life around. But no, it's about they're wrong. I'm going to blast them. I'm going to out them and tell you how right I am. That's pride. Mm -hmm. And it's not love. And the Bible will re the Bible says that God will reject that. Right. Because everything flows in and through love. Does that make sense? That's, that makes perfect sense. Philippians 1, let me read this, honey. It's verses 9 to 11. It says this. So this is my prayer, that your love will flourish. And I love this part. It says, and that you will not only love much, but well. It's not, you know, I love, you know, all, but can you love well? Mm, and it goes good. on to say, really good. learn to love appropriately. You need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent, not sentimental gush. Live a lover's life. Circumspect, and that means to be watchful and well-considered, and explore. Uh, I can never say this. Let me this. see. What's your word? Exemplary. Uh, exemplary. Yeah. I can never say that with that. That's okay, baby. That's we, a lot of words I can't we say. Know. No, I have some I trippy words. Um, and that means worthy of imitation. It means serving <laughs> as a model. Yeah. So it's saying you're to live modeling love. And it says a life Jesus will be proud of, bountiful in fruits from the soul, making Jesus attractive to all. Are you loving well that you're making Jesus attractive to people around you? This is getting everyone involved in the glory and praise of God. And honey, that's what you're talking about. When you, when, when you are humble, when you are mm -hmm. walking in the fruit of the Spirit, what happens is, is you make Jesus look good. You make him look attractive to all. And if you don't, you make him look bad. That's right. You make him look unattractive. You make him look ugly. Because they say, wow, the people of God, they can't even get along. Who would want to be a part of something like that? Right. And so, um, yeah, we have to be careful we're walking in love for sure. Well, mm -hmm. we're out of time. Um, honey, why don't we just, I don't know what you want to pray. Pray something. Pray something God puts in your spirit. Really? You don't want to pray this? I want you, you to do it. You always have me praying. But well, that's, I'm that's always good. preaching and all that. You know, you do it. Well, you know, I, I, I what I spoke, you know, a little bit earlier, and, and I said, I, you know, just, if you just close your eyes, and maybe right now, just close your eyes, and I want you just to see, maybe you've seen a picture of Jesus and, you know, you can use that picture. Or maybe you're just, you know, visualizing what you think Jesus would look like. I don't know, maybe, whatever it is. But I want you to just close your eyes and I want you to see him just standing before you with a smile on his face, looking right at you. I mean, just... Like you are just eyeball to eyeball. You are the most important person right now for him. And I just need to, for you to just see him with his arms open, just saying, I just, I want to love on you. I want to hug on you. I want you to feel secure. I want you to feel hopeful. I want you to feel peaceful. I want you to feel comfort. I want you to feel joy. That's what my arms are going to do around you. Lord, I thank you that you are touching people's lives right yes, now. You are making yourself so real to them in a way that maybe they've never experienced before. Maybe it's just been a long time. Maybe they lost that revelation that you are love and that you are love for them. It's easy sometimes for us to go, God so loved the world. 
And sometimes it's difficult for us to say, God so loved Robin. God so loved Jeff. God so loved Nick. God so loved Olivia. God, it's hard for us to make it personal, but God, at this moment that you're just touching people's hearts right now, that they're able to say, God, thank you that you love me, that I'm the most important person ever created from the beginning of time to this point. I'm the most important person because God, that's how you see me. Lord, I thank you for that love. I think that you thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die on the cross. Jesus, I thank you that you were so willing to go to that cross for me, for them. And that this is a relationship that is real. The word of God is real. It's alive. That's who you are. You are alive. You are real than any other thing. You are the most real. And Lord, just make that known. Reveal it. Yes, Lord, to each and every person that is watching now. And Lord, even when they lay their heads down to rest tonight, Father God, they go to sleep. Visit them, Father God. And let them know, Lord Jesus, that they are truly and everlasting, forever loved by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Remember how we do this together? For God so loved the world. The world. The world. Nobody's going to know what that means. Dana Carvey doing Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney. Years ago. (laughs) But hey, listen, like and share. If there was a love button, I'd say love it and share it. But go ahead and like and share. That is love. love button. That that is. When you, the hearts, all that kind of stuff. And listen, what a great way to even show love by putting this out there on social media, letting people see this because listen, People need to know right now that they are loved by God. And we love you so very much. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time. God bless you, folks.